afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an, I guess it's an episode. Yeah, this is a this is a special, the regular episode. What do you call this? I don't know. I guess this is our first review where we just where we do like a an audio review as opposed to a written review. Right. Yeah. Because we just saw the number one sci-fi classic of all time. Dune. Frank Herbert's Dune. <laughs> Frank Herbert's David Lynch's Dune. Uh, no, we just saw the Star War. The Star War. Uh, the last Star War, I believe it's called. Uh, yep. The last Jim Jam. Star War, the last Jim Jam. We saw Star Wars, the last Jedi, directed by Ryan Johnson, who directed Looper and Brick, which I like a lot. I um, never saw Brick. Bro. Mm. It is a noir set in a high school. Oh, how have I never heard of this? I don't know. Man. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it. Yeah, I need to get on this. Jesus, yeah, I love dude. all those things. I love noir. Love... Um, JGL? JGL, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the old boy? <laughs> um, Matt, I don't know where to begin with the Star Wars. I guess... What did you think? Um, Well, it was good. It, it wasn't great. <laughs> um... In my personal opinion, it was not. Uh, it wasn't uh, the Force Awakens. Uh, the the movie no. was enjoyable. I did enjoy watching it, but it had a lot of problems. Can I say what I think the number one problem was? I bet I'm gonna agree with you, but please, please do. Too much cutesy bullshit. Yeah, too much comedy. Um, yeah, the movie really came across much. like a kids' movie. And that's a problem because they did it in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Not this much. Yeah, no. There were there were the the humor in this is it's not that there's necessarily too much humor because it kind of has obviously a drama and there's some heavy stuff going on. It's the fact that when they do humor, it's so slapstick. I should say, I mean, this is going to be in the heading for this episode, but we're going to get into pretty heavy spoilers probably immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, like when I say fuck porgs, like fuck. <laughs> is that a porg. the little things? Yeah. Oh, okay. You told me about those. Yeah, the porgs. We actually had this conversation oh my before. God, dude. Yeah, um, the worst. At the, the the bit with Chewbacca eat, gonna eat one was kind of funny, but that's where it should have ended. But yeah, and it was, went on so much longer. It was just so. Uh, okay, so let's well, you kind of touched on another thing, but let's talk about cutesy bullshit first. Yeah, there is a scene in which <laughs> a weird, like, hairless oh alien is creature is sitting on its like hind legs and it has four very like bulbous it, bulbous <laughs> tits like it's tits yeah it's definitely it's not tits. even udders they're grouped together at ground level right, right where it's like in total recall where the chick has three tits mm-hmm. but this this one has four it's a yeah, quad boob it's like the the monkey with four asses from south park yes. i think that's um with, that's the layout with titties. but with just four big ass tits t-i-d-d-i-e-s <laughs> titties um and then luke proceeds to milk the creature and immediately <laughs> drink it and it is by and away the worst and most disgusting thing i've ever seen in it, my life it is um it actually broke my um concentration it's it so completely bizarre completely takes you out of the yeah, movie it, like i think everyone in that theater just stopped and looked to their left and looked to the person on their right like and just was like what I, I looked over to an old man at my left who was weeping um, out of discomfort. Yeah, um, they're very, there's no like tasteful cutaway. It's not like implied. Like You see Luke grab the tits, squeeze the milk out of him into a glass, and then bring it to his bearded face. And then, and then he has like... And very grizzled, yeah. like, just drinks it 
like at Ray, not even like <laughs> he's like intentionally doing it at her. And it's he like, wants her. He wants her to watch. Why do you watch me drink this t- like titty juice? It, it was it. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of indicative of the tone that the humor took. Right. Um. You have the Porgs. I I actually think that they they really set, I mean they set the tone out the gate. They did it in the last movie too, with Poe Dameron like saying, "Oh." Am I supposed to talk? Who yeah, talks first? Right. And they do almost the same joke, or at least have they have Poe deliver the first big joke of the film at Hux. Yeah. And, and go ahead. I, I was just going to say, that's a moment. I I cringed a little because it was – everything that Hux got to do was pretty badass in that moment. And it yeah. was with a character that was kind of completely neutered in the last film. And I understand, like, the reason behind it and everything. That, that's not the point. The point is, it was just like setting a tone immediately. Yeah, uh, that's that's where they began, yeah. and and the thing is, in the first one, they did do that, and and it was kind of a serious tone. There was like the Empire, or I'm sorry, the the First Order, the New Order, the First Order, um, invading some little village looking for BB-8. Um, but this time, they like it was immediately followed by a very like serious scene of yeah. like people dying, and there was that scene with the girl trying to the Rose's sister, yeah, trying to drop the bombs, and it was really solemn and. Sincere. Sincere and right, like three minutes before that, you had him doing the the bit with Hux. Bit, yeah. Well, and I mean, in the first one, it cuts to like Kylo Ren slaughtering. Oh, that's true. The yeah, whole village. So, that I mean, is true. I I don't know. Um, and then there were just like all of these different alien species that were just cutesy and like they just kept putting them. Yeah, in there. yeah. Like the well, and all right. So I think that leads to the next point. There was too much in the yeah, movie. There are that my actual biggest complaint, personally, even more than the QC bullshit, was there are there are so many characters right. doing so many things, right. and that we just they just keep adding them, you know. And a lot of them, I'm really glad they added. Uh, Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Laura Dern is in this movie. Yeah. I didn't even know that going into it. Two of my favorite actors, uh, Laura Dern and Benicio del Toro, are both in this movie. And it's fuck. And you didn't know either of them. Were yeah, in, I didn't. And it at was all. fucking incredible. I tried to avoid as much as I could. Well, and neither of them are in any of the trailers. Okay, gotcha. So I, th- I, th- I assumed everyone kind of knew this except yeah, me. Yeah, no. Okay, yeah. I was. I. I really. I didn't even recognize her. That was Laura Dern until you pointed it out, and then I was just immediately like this movie much more. But yeah, the whole thing where they go to the casino planet—that entire thing could have like it, it. It went on way too long, and it ultimately came to nothing. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was just kind of this weird MacGuffin to introduce Benicio del Toro's character. Um, yeah, they really—they kind of wrote themselves into a corner with. I think. I mean, a lot of this is just like how we felt about the movie. I mean, I'm not judging like. I couldn't make a Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, like, for my money, I felt like this ticking clock of how much fuel the Armada had, which is pretty much most of the movie, but then they repeat kind of the same thing when they get to the crystal salt planet, which is essentially Hoth. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely kind of a redo of Hoth. Um, yeah, I thought once, when we got close to, about the time where, if you've seen the movie, um, about the time where Laura Dern gets taken captive, you know, that whole thing kind of happens. From that point on, it picks up and it has like a more linear plot that's easier to follow. Up until that, it's just one ship's chasing another ship and we have to go do little adventures, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which kind of takes away from the ticking clock element when they're just going to planets and doing kind of hijinks. Right. Um... Yeah, I think my dog's about to eat the Christmas tree. Yeah, she's going to eat that Christmas tree. Ripley? At least an ornament. Ripley. 
Jesus. Um, she's a sweet girl, but dumb. Um, so, yeah, too much. The whole casino planet thing was just meandering yeah. and just kind of pointless. It, it, I think it, the payoff is at the end with the kids. Okay, that sort of makes sense. I don't. I still don't exactly know what that was setting up for. Yeah, I mean, one of the kids clearly has force abilities. Yeah. Yeah. They might all have force, but you know, I don't know, but I don't know if it's like setting up for like, is this just like the force continues kind of thing and we're never going to come back to these kids or there's going to be a show or a spinoff movie or something or like maybe, that. or maybe not. And it's just like, is just saying that thing. Of oh like yeah. The force continues. Yeah. Basically there are these kids introduced at one point and they don't really do much. Uh, and then at the end we kind of revisit them and you find that they're one of them at least is force sensitive. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it's and they kind do of it bizarre. A, they do it in a, in a neat way, but it is, it doesn't, it's a weird payoff. Right. For that thing. Um, I'm trying to, th- it's really hard because it's, so much happens in the movie. Yeah, and and, there, and there's not much downtime between these very different scenes, and right. so when you go back and try to remember it, it just kind of feels like a blur. It's that's one of those yeah, that's what it feels like. I feel like I'm like just oil painting that just kind of has all been mixed together. Yeah, one of the things I mentioned right after we saw it was the mo- the the uh, the parallel that comes most recently to mind is the Hobbit movies. Okay, and you said you haven't seen those. Yeah, so kind of explain what you mean by that. Okay, well, you know how in the in the Lord of the Rings, it kind of has a pretty serious tone. There's some jokes like right. the Gim- the Gimli Legolas stuff, but mostly it's very kind of sincere. The Hobbit movies do totally away with that. It's really cartoony and goofy and uh, and kind of the same kind of thing. There's just so much happening that you don't really get a chance for your brain to chill out for a minute and process what's going on. Sure. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of that in this. And here's a thing that it's really hard to say if this is true or not. But things like the Porgs and the Crystalline Foxes um, and the cutesy alien races... And, like, the weird aliens in the casino, all of that f- doesn't necessarily feel feel like a filmmaker choice as much as it does it feels like a Disney choice. Right, yeah. Um, I could definitely see that. Stuff to make toys out of. Right, and stuff to put in the theme parks and in the rides. Yeah, right. And, you know, um, because it is a business. Right. More than anything, right, at this point. So, excuse me, as much as I see, like, I do see a lot of Ryan Johnson in this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it, it really does feel like there was a lot of like studio yeah interference interference hey make sure you add this like you know something yeah. like that make sure we have a character that's like this and that kind of stuff right yeah it's trying to pandering to demographics maybe um so maybe before we get into things we really liked because i i think it should come back around to that yeah um because right now it just sounds like we're shitting on the movie but i think there are a lot of really great takeaways, but I think it's important to cover the stuff that didn't work so much first. Um, what were some of the things that you just did not like besides the cutesy bullshit and the length of, or like how much stuff was in it? Right. Um, well, I feel like like, okay, one it is kind of going back to the content, but like, I don't think Rose should have been in this movie. I, she just feel like they kind of try to give her some depth with her sister and the right. thing. But, um, she pretty much just feels like they want a love interest. It's like it's like they decided we're not going to do the Daisy Ridley, John Boyega love thing. Right. So we need something to do with John Boyega. Um, I didn't really care for that. Uh, another big problem I had with this was everything seemed a little too easy in this movie. Like the beginning when Poe is just fucking up the Star Destroyer yeah. and he's just flying around blowing up all of its guns like 
instantly, kind of. I I was going to say that, mm-hmm. and it, in the th- like in the theater, I was thinking that. I think, I mean, you know, it's a. I mean, it's obviously illustrating that like this is the best pilot in yeah. the galaxy. Well, and then right? there's the like, part later with uh, like the shield is up. Clearly, you're seeing the big Star Destroyer's bullets right. hit the main, you know, the main MacGuffin ship that Leia's on, and then like a Tie Fighter just flies around the side and like blows up the window where all the like the captains are sitting, like they just shoot a couple of missiles, yeah. and they just it just blows up, and they're all dead except obviously Leia. Well, I think her. that the 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 shields are only covering the engines. Okay, it's that dome on the back. To, okay, to, to, okay, so, so they, they can't cut around. the fuel supply. Okay, that kind of makes sense. I mean, it still feels like they could have just at that point, they, then they could have just sent some quicker flyers up to right. fly around, but obviously that's thinking too much about it. And also like the port with uh, Benicio del Toro when he just they they find him, they get locked up. And it's like, oh, we're done now. And it's like, no, there's this guy here who just has a key and he just touches it to the lock and they're out. And it's all just, yeah. everything's just really quick and easy and, you know. Yeah, the the introduction of Delta, I mean, I guess it can all be explained with the force, I guess. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> there's like always if, that. that. Right. But it's it's still just like, even my, like, uh, my ability to, to disbelief, you know, my suspension of disbelief, even when it comes to the force, is kind of like, all right. Yeah, and they and they just kept like like the the first order could track them through hyperspace. That was like a big thing, right. and I kept waiting for them to be like, oh, it's because of this, and they never did. They just can now because right. they just can do that. Yeah, like it's it's based on some sort of new tech, and it's like. Oh, I thought it was going to have to do with the beacon. Yeah, I, I kept waiting for it to be like, oh, like that thing that we've been carrying around, that's that's the payoff right. or something. But there like kind of never was Snoke one. Snoke can, you know, home in on the beacon or something and just nothing. Yeah. Um, how, how about yourself? What were, uh, you, what were some things that just didn't work for you? One of the biggest ones, because I thought, I mean, it was a very quick end to, the, to this character if they had followed through with it, was Leia suddenly... Like really using the fucking force. Really using the fucking force. Um, <clears throat> and I just thought that that was some real silly bullshit. It, the way they shot it, they could have definitely done it better. But with her just holding her hand out and gliding through space, she looked like Sailor Moon or something. Yeah, it looked, it looked hokey. It looked bad. It did. And I was like, <laughs> I was caught up in the moment at the time because like I was pretty emotional about it because I mean they killed her like she was dead. She, she was freezing in space. It's all right. like ice forming on her skin and as she floated that, she in space. Not only she was fucking exploded out of the oh, goddamn right. bridge. Like, <laughs> right. Ak- if Akbar didn't fucking live, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's a space squid. Like, goddamn woman. Um, yeah, that was silly. Yeah, that um, was very silly. Like, and it, it would just stand to, re- like, I understand that they, they shot all of, all of Carrie's stuff before she passed. However, like, why would you not do some reshoots and replace her with Laura Dern. Yeah, right. That, that That's what I thought they were doing. Like, right. that worked perfectly. I was like, okay, I understand now because Carrie Fisher passed away and so this is what how they're doing that. And then it's like, oh, wait, no. Nope, that's not what's going on. No, then, and, and so Carrie <clears throat> Fisher survives this movie and well, how do you open, like, the, does it, Oh, the next one open with her fucking dying? Just like, off camera. They're just like, oh, man, I wish Princess Leia hadn't died in that explosion yeah. and then they just go on i think it's a throwaway line or something um i had heard a rumor and as far as i know this is just a rumor but i heard a rumor a few months ago that they shot a quote-unquote deleted scene um of carrie fisher effectively resigning just in case something were to happen to her again i don't i don't know if that's true it was just kind of i thought it on two different sites but that they mm. shot something and 
it was considered basically and the final cut it was considered a deleted scene but they may use it in the next one i have <clears throat> I, I have a problem with that i have a problem with laura dern being such a great character and them just fucking c- killing her yeah like you could have easily just switched uh her and Leia around. Yeah, exactly. And that that would have been the kind of perfect ending. I mean, I guess they didn't know Carrie Fisher was going to pass away, but right. I I mean, these actors are, you know, getting up there, right. so these are things to consider. Um right. But yeah, that's there's actually something about that I like that I'll get into a little bit later, but there is something about the Laura Dern thing that I, I really enjoyed, but right now we're we're shitting on it, so let's <laughs> right. let's continue with that. Um <clears throat> yeah, so that was a big problem. I mean, what else for you? Um, man, okay, here's the big one. Um, yeah. this is, it, it, the big one is Snoke. Because the thing is, people give this movie, and this has always been a thing people did to Star Wars, they put more on it than actually thought that went into it. They, right. like, pe- people make connections that probably were not intentional. But a lot of people have been wondering, when, since the last one came out, who is Snoke? Is he gonna be Plagueis that was, like, Darth Sidious's master that could apparently live forever? <clears throat> that kind of thing. And they don't do anything with him. He, he dies in this movie right. in, a, in an admittedly pretty badass way. That was a cool scene, the way they did that. But there's no context. Uh, we don't know who he is or where he came from. Like, we don't we know nothing about him. He didn't really right. do anything in the first one besides obviously reference the Emperor. Right, and be a floating head. I mean, yeah, that's, right. Yeah. But they just kind of did nothing with that character. He just bitched at everyone and did Force Lightning once. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a pretty huge problem with that, too. Yeah. Um, it becomes a thing of, like, I understand that a huge part of this movie is, like, letting go of of the past and you're like that's a theme yeah and like i i think that also like is like letting go of your expectations because this movie pretty clearly like goes against most expectations of what you think is going to happen yeah um however if you're if like you're given a character like snoke who you don't know anything about anyway right then it doesn't fucking matter yeah there's no impact when you right. do things like this because the everyone was expecting oh we're gonna learn more about snoke in the second one right and we see more of him but we don't know anything else about no, him. He's, he's exactly he's the same character fucking cut in half yeah he just like, fucking dies again really cool and i mean it is setting up for i mean it does set immediately set up for ren to be the new supreme leader but yeah. it's just like who gives a shit? Well, there's like a tradition in the Sith of you become the master when you murder your master. And right. I've always liked that. And I like that they brought that to this movie because then he's not immediately a good guy like you expect. Then he's right. still, you know, kind of doing his own thing. And so I was like, okay, that's clever. That goes with everything I know about Star Wars. But still, he's, he's basically our main antagonist. I mean, I guess Kylo Ren's arguably the main antagonist. But like, this is the big bad, you know? Right. And then just nothing. Yeah. He um, just unceremoniously kind of dies. Yeah, yeah, and there were just a lot of 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 moments where I end up asking myself, to what end? Yeah, again, going back to the casino stage, our casino scene, casino stage from no, Sonic. Right, I mean, but stage <laughs> is not so far off because like it just felt like you're just blowing through like pointless video game yeah, levels. Yeah, right. And that that scene where they're riding those racing things was started out kind of cool and went on way too long. Way too long. Yeah, this movie is about forty <clears throat> minutes too long. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, 40 minutes, I, I I would agree. They could have cut out easily 40 minutes worth of stuff and made the plot a little more streamlined, not spend so much time on things that we could have, that weren't that impactful to the story. Right. And maybe spend a little more time of characters talking to each other and, like, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Like, in the original Star Wars, there's, like, the cantina scene, and there's, like, Han and uh, Leia talking on, like, ships, and, like, there it's a little more based around relationships. In yeah. this movie, everything's so quick. And we do have meaningful moments, but we have to rush to them, and then we have the meaningful stuff, and then we rush to something else. Right. Yeah, we're not left <clears throat> to linger on the things that are important. Yeah, they never feel the, – the relationships and conversations never feel organic. They feel kind of um, expository, expository. Yeah, so that – though I mean, this is kind of a thing that I really loved, but because it is, is affected by that thing. I think Mark Hamill is fucking incredible in this movie. Dude, I absolutely agree. Mark Hamill was amazing. I mean, he just brings, like, gravitas, and, like, so does Carrie Fisher. I mean, they're both, like, bringing, like, all of their shit to this movie. Yeah. But it's, like, Mark Hamill stuff. Like, when he's even fucking talking to R2-D2, it's, like, holy shit. Yeah. He's talking to a goddamn robot right now. <laughs> right. It's just, like, he's bringing all of it. But because of the pacing... It's like it's it's kind of wasted. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it is uh, a lot of the emotional impact is kind of neutered because of how quick moving everything is. Right. <clears throat> um, and so that my dog Ripley, if you don't get away <laughs> from that tree, um, this is fun for the podcast. How Ripley ate Christmas. <laughs> the Rip who ate Christmas. Uh, she is just such a garbage disposal. Um, so my biggest. I think my biggest thing besides uh, besides what we've mentioned, uh, the Luke can't do what he did at the end. It's never been done that I know of. Um, yeah. It was kind of a clever idea, but then it was just like, wait, can you do that? Like, I doubt anybody's listening to this that hasn't seen the movie, but if you're like, cool, spoilers, and you're listening to this anyway, Luke uh, suddenly appears to, to the, in the in the crystalline rebel hideout that's been abandoned right. to, to leia first who i feel would realize that that really wasn't fucking luke anyway he walks in it's very that whole moment between them is beautiful yeah it is uh that was like again that's what i think this movie needs more of right um and says that he's going to face ben alone meaning kylo um and yeah and then he kylo ren just unloads fucking like a at at blaster fire on him yeah he just walks out into firing line of like 12 at ats and like right. 10 atsds and um and then just walks through that doesn't get affected and at that moment we were both kind of like what the fuck right um and then uh kylo fights him um and cuts like cuts him in half except he just passes right through him and we it's somehow some sort of force hologram. It's the force hologram. Um, and then we cut back to Luke on his Jedi Island, and it's taken everything out of him, and he he dies. Well, I think I what I gathered was he wasn't on the Jedi Island. He was on the planet with them. It looked like he oh, was no. on the Salt Planet. He was still on Jedi Island. Yeah, dude. What the hell of a force projection then? Yeah, I mean, dude. to project yeah, your no. hologram. I, I figured he levitated that X-Wing, which... It really seemed like they were setting up for that. There's a point when you see his old X-Wing a little bit under some water on his planet, and it's like, okay, he's going to levitate yeah. that out and get out of here. Um, no. No. Uh, no, Apparently a lot not. of a lot of weird setups that didn't have payoffs. Right. Um, yeah, and so, no, he's on he's on the Jedi Island. Right, okay, well. Because um, he's, he's 
cross-legged on the rock that he had. Oh, that he's right. been sitting yeah. on before, right. right. Yeah, I would. I could believe that maybe he projected an image into Kylo Ren's mind or something, but right. that's not the case because everyone else everyone saw him too. Saw him. So, I don't know. And he was very solid. Yeah. It wasn't like a Force ghost. So, I had a huge problem with that. I thought it was cool at first. I was like, oh, this is ballsy. Like, that's fucking awesome. And then I was like, wait a minute. He, no, you can't do... you can't just make new rules up movie right like narratively it just it was just such a kind of it's the it's the almost the narrative equivalent of being like it was all a dream yeah it's one of those things of at first it feels kind of satisfying because again you see all these adats unload directly into luke and then there's like a big like a a, like cloud of smoke and he just walks out unscathed and you're like how did he do that and then uh, Kylo Ren goes to cut him, and again, it doesn't work. And then it's like, oh, it's a hologram. And for a moment, it's like, oh, that's clever. And then you're like, wait, no, it's not. You just made up a new power for him to right. do. Like when you think about it, it's like that's not clever. Well, and what and what the payoff is is that well, after that, he, he it's taken everything out of him. We see him kind of recovering and sitting back on the rock, and then he like disappears, like much like Ben Kenobi did. Yeah, yeah, literally, he just right vanishes, vanishes. and his robe blows off into the wind dramatically. So. Here's what the takeaway from that. Narratively, he says early on in the movie, I came to this island to die. Yeah, right. He's fulfilling that, his inability to leave, his inability to to really fulfill what needed to be done by joining them. Yeah. So narratively, it still works. However, it should have been one or the other. It should have been he overcame that part of himself and was able to leave the island and go to them. Right. Or. He trained he, Ren and then. Right. Or or the thing of like. I mean, uh, Ray, right, not Ren. Right, yeah. Or uh, he doesn't fucking die. Like, right. It seemed, I mean, to do both just seemed very weird and kind of. I don't know, senseless in a way. Yeah. Also, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why they killed Luke in this movie or effectively killed Luke. Um, I'm sure Mark Hamill doesn't have an issue doing more movies. As right. you said, he'll probably be back in He's, the next yeah. one of the Force Ghost. Yeah. Um, I guess they want the 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 spotlight to switch to Ray, and everyone loves Mark Hamill, so that's maybe what they were doing. But they they definitely seem to have written themselves into a corner because they killed off Mark Hamill, who's still alive in real life, and they had Carrie Fisher survive the entire movie. And she has since passed. Yeah, and the end of the movie definitely seems to imply that Carrie Fisher is going to be in the next one. Like, it end, I think the last scene is her. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's all of them. It's yeah. Everybody's having a good fucking time right. and shit. And it's like, uh, I, yeah. don't, I don't know how you, you, like, I don't know where you go from there. Because it's, I mean, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Them, them having Mark Hamill do one weird hologram power and then basically just, you know, pass on willingly or something, it... It just doesn't... It's, it was an odd choice. Right. So, now that we've done a half hour of shitting on it, <laughs> uh, let's talk about the things we liked about it. Yeah, what, what you, you you go first, man. What, was, what, did, what did you enjoy well, about it? Well, I mean, I'll go back to it. Mark Hamill and... I mean, the, the quality of actors in these films uh, is one of the things... I mean, if you had anybody lesser, really for any of the parts, this wouldn't work. Right. John Boyega's great. Yes. Daisy Ridley's great. Oscar Isaac is fucking incredible yeah i really feel like they definitely utilized oscar oscar isaac got more of his spotlight in this one you know right. and he he did very well, really well with it right. he did well in the first one but there wasn't that much of him and in this one he almost seemed to be the protagonist of this one yeah even. yeah like more so than ray even um and then there's 
you know, obviously Mark Hamill and there's Carrie Fisher. Uh, Del Toro is criminally underutilized. Yeah, he is. And I feel like he'll, he'll show back up. Um, and then fucking Laura Dern. I mean, yeah. she just like, even, even, you know what? Even Andy Serkis as Snoke is like, Snoke was compelling yeah. when he was on screen. Yeah. Which he was. he was not in the first movie. I was like, oh, this is kind of an emperor knockoff. He was menacing and he had, you wanted that thing of like knowing more about what, what this relationship is. Yeah. Like I mean, what, his like face is scarred up and he has clearly been through something and right. then they don't, yeah, it, it is frustrating because you want more of that character and he does really well with it. Yeah. And we're just, now we're going back shitting on it, but it's like, <laughs> but it's that thing of like Luke, you know, talks, says that, that Ben had already been taken over by Snoke and it's like. How? Like, you know, what? Yeah. Was Snoke around? Like, he clearly, you clearly know this guy existed, even right. you knew at the time. So where did this come from? Right. How did Luke and Snoke meet? Was there, you know, is there more to that story? Yeah. And so, I don't know. But I think it, it it's it's only, it's it's shitty because of the great performances that are in the movie. Yeah. All, all the all the uh, talent they used is, is spot on. I, I don't think, I can't think of one weak performance. Right. This, yeah, even though, film. like you said, that Rose shouldn't be in it, she's still great. Yeah, yeah, the actress was great. Um, and that thing at the end where she saved John Boyega and then he drags her back, that was kind of a nice scene. You know, there's that cute little kiss. It's not, like, right. super romantic. It's like a little peck. Um, yeah. I, I liked that. But it's just, there's not much for her to do but tag along with John Boyega and kind of be a sidekick. Yeah, which is, you know, not a great look right, right now. Uh, but like you said, John Boyega is amazing. Daisy Ridley's amazing. Um, Oscar Isaac, every, all, all the main characters just nail it. Yeah. I actually wish there was more of John Boyega in this movie yeah. because he's so great and he seemed to just kind of get sent off on a side quest that came to nothing and that's sort of it. Yeah. What else? What did you like? Um. Well, uh, I really liked, again, Laura Dern. Uh, she was great. I actually liked the plot they did with her where you really think she's just this kind of like, she's like this mean, like bitchy, you know, uh, power hungry character. And she has this terrible plan. And uh, Oscar Isaac's character is really mad about it. And he's like, you're going to kill us all. And like tries to take over. Like he uses force to take control of the right. ship. And then in the end you find out, it's like, oh wait, no, she knew exactly what she was doing. Like you're kind of the idiot. Right. Um, and that was a really, that actually was maybe the most clever part of the movie. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't a big part, but I really liked that payoff. Well, and, then, and it, it also allows for Isaac, or Oscar Isaac's character to grow, too. Yeah, right. Because um, he's really headstrong, and we've established that at the beginning of the movie, and then there's kind of a payoff for that established character uh, yeah, flaw. Right. Um, so, yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I liked that part. Um, I think the training stuff was really great. Yeah. I think... Um, that first where where he's teaching her about the balance mm-hmm. and you know the, I mean there's a jokey part at the beginning where he's like reach out and she physically reaches out and yeah. he fucks with her but <laughs> um, all of that dialogue and him saying you know like that this doesn't belong to the Jedi and you know yeah, there was just something that it just brought a different level to it that just hasn't really existed before yeah uh, uh star wars has always been an absolutes and i'm not just referencing that that quote from the prequels about how like only a fifth deal is an absolute you know right. but there's always been the clear good guys and the clear bad guys and this, this kind of played more with the idea of none of this matters like good and evil it's like you know like that's not that's not what the force is about and right. so luke seems cynical but also wiser for kind of discovering that now i liked that a lot too they kind of play with the morality which star wars has never ventured too deep into right um 
I guess kind of another character thing that I think is weird, but maybe like ends up kind of being a good thing is the fact that maybe Ray's parentage doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I like that a lot actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm still a little torn on it because I mean, there's only a few options, yeah. right? And none of them, they all kind of feel cheap. Yeah. Any, any way they went with it where somebody special was her parents, it was she, like, you know, Ben's her brother and she's actually the son of Han and Leia or what everyone expected, which was she's the daughter of Luke. Right. Any of that would have felt very tacked on. Right. And, but it, but it, they, they were so set up for it that it was almost inconceivable they wouldn't use it. Right. And then when they didn't, it was kind of refreshing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, I mean, the, the payoff there, I mean, what what, what Ren says to Ray is is – harsh but it's you know yeah it's a good payoff um yeah i don't know i mean at first i i said this in the car and the rating that i gave it initially was like a 3.5 i think it's like a three now three yeah um on a on a five star rating scale i would probably have to say 2.5 um, yeah, I, I, I truthfully I may be there with you. I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't dislike it. There were there were some there were some really enjoyable scenes, but they were really held back by one a really meandering plot up until the very end. It just sort of you know slowly drifted uh, from scene to scene. Um, but and so a lot of the uh, the emotional impact and the tension are kind of negated by that. Also, that a a a uh, point of contention. A completely misused Phasma again. Always. Yeah, I know. And they said they weren't going to do it. Uh, there was even a uh, um, a quote by that actress, uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Christie. Yeah. yeah, Gwendolyn Christie, that she said, like, yeah, people said to me, there's not, a lo- not, there's not enough Phasma. And she's like, well, in this one, you don't have to worry about that. And it's like, you lied. You got me again. Yeah, two times. <clears throat> two times. <clears throat> and I love Gwendolyn Christie. So, again, it's she's a great actress who's not u- utilized. Right. Before. Yeah. I mean, it was. it's just so weird. She's on screen for maybe two minutes. Right. I mean, her fight with John Boyega is great, but it's just painfully short. Yeah, right. and then she's just swallowed up into an inferno, and it's like, oh, well, there's she's dead. Yeah, right. You know? Um, yeah. Again, it's just another. It's like they were going through a checklist, and they're like, oh, we have to do something with this, and so they made a quick, like, you know, what feels like a forty second fight with them. Right. And then it's like, okay, we're done with that now. Next. Yeah, and I mean, it really does kind of feel. <laughs> It does kind of end up just feeling like a tool to to push more. Yeah, right. Um, well, the uh, the prequels got a lot of a uh, lot of flack because everything is so dense. There's right. just so much stuff happening on screen. There's like a million blaster bolts, and everybody's got a lightsaber. And this almost has the same problem. Right. There's just so much happening. And where the first one, I mean, the first one, there are, um, the Force Awakens really used CG, of course, but it never felt over the top. Right. I don't know how. Like, obviously, there was a lot of CG used, but it just didn't. It wasn't in your face, and right. this movie's very in your face with it. Yeah, yeah, it's really <clears throat> surprising considering how much practical stuff JJ used. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's some really great creature designs, some great character designs. Like all of the aliens in the casino look cool. Yeah, the sets look great, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. You right. know, like none of it matters if I'm not feeling anything. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, there were several times where it really got me, you know, when, when you think Leia's gone, mm-hmm. when her moment with Luke, you know, I mean, like there's some really good stuff in there. Yeah. But it ends up just <clears> kind <throat> of getting lost in this 
big schmear. Yeah, in this, like, I kind of overdeveloped, overlong, you know, plot. Uh, yeah. yeah, I also really liked the scene uh, going back to about uh, Ray's parentage. Right. There's the part where Kylo Ren reveals, or doesn't reveal, she always kind of knew it. It's, it's revealed. But he says, like, you know, you, yeah, you're no one, like, your parents were just junk yeah. farmers. You don't mean anything, anything to anyone except to me. Or, no, he thinks he's like, you're no one except to me. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so we're doing something. And they've been building this relationship. Uh, there's this thing now where... They can, like, talk to each other through the Force. Yeah, which is, I guess, it, Snoke had... Again, it's like the... he He's only there to set that up. Yeah, well, and and that eventually comes to nothing. They they work right. together to kill Snoke, and you're like, okay, now this is going to go somewhere, and then it doesn't. It goes right back to him being a bad guy, and she leaves, and then at the end, they're going to kill each other again. Yeah. So, just all of it just kind of comes to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I want to talk more positively about this movie, and I thought when we sat down I'd have more positive Lord, things to say, we don't. but I'm having trouble, you know? Yeah, it's a, <clears throat> it is a good movie. Yeah. It's not a great movie. Right. Uh, and I wouldn't call it a bad movie. It just has a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, I It doesn't make me any less excited for the next one, you know? I might be a little less excited for the next one. Really? Um, it, it's one of those things of I just... At this point, I kind of feel like they don't know what they're doing with the plot anymore. The first one feel, felt very direct, and we have a clear idea. Right. And this one felt really meandering, and like there's too many people in creative control. Well, and I think that the, th- the reason that I'm not so worried is be- because... <laughs> I might get crucified for this. But that J.J. is coming back for the, the next one. Yeah. I'm not going to say J.J. Abrams is a better director than Ryan Johnson, um, but I do think that he has a maybe a clearer vision of what he wants Star Wars right. to be. And so, yeah, I'm I'm happy that's happening as well. Yeah. Um, and I, again, like, I couldn't make a fucking Star Wars yeah, movie. Right. Like, I don't, you know, I wouldn't know where to begin because the universe is so big and you, you can do everything that they did in that movie. But should you? Probably not, you and, know? And since they're making so many spinoffs, it seems like you could have put some of this stuff, like the casino scene and all that, in, yeah, like, why, the Han Solo movie. Why is that movie. not in the Han Solo yeah, yeah, something like that. Like, you don't have to cram all this into the main storyline. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I liked the uh, I liked some of the plot stuff uh, when it you know when it worked. I really liked the uh, the playing with the morality of it. Yeah, uh, I liked Benicio del Toro's part when he betrays them, and he's very much just like there's really kind of like the same thing with Luke. He's like there's no really good guys or bad guys, and he betrays them. And then there's a line that he says like John Boyega is like you bastard, you betrayed us or something like that. And uh, del Toro says you know yeah they're blowing you up today, but you'll blow them up tomorrow, and just like it's just business and goes on. Right. It's like yeah that that kind of makes sense. He's just more pragmatic than. Right. You know, Boyega says you're wrong, and he and Del Toro's like, well, maybe. Yeah, and, right. You know. I li- I liked they didn't do much with him. He was underutilized. Uh, to be honest, he probably could have been cut from the whole movie, and it wouldn't have been a bit. It wouldn't have mattered. But I'm I liked what they did with him. You know, right. it's always a pleasure to see uh, Benicio del Toro get work. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we're both gonna go ahead with a two point five. Yeah, my my final answer is two point five. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go with that too. <clears throat> uh, well, I I still <laughs> suggest you see it on the big screen. It is a spectacle movie that kind of demands to be seen on a big format yeah I, I i enjoyed it as i was watching it it's just when you go back and examine the plot it kind of falls apart yeah um and yeah go out support it um give disney all your money you don't really have a choice at this point yeah you can't use passes they won't let you right yeah, right exactly <laughs> uh and for bigger show this has been matt general audience miles <laughs> it's a thing now yeah it is every and time mike d thank y'all so much for listening and we will catch you next time goodbye